0: Well, hey, believe it or not, we are in week number five of this series, Tomorrowland, in which we're walking through the books or letters of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. And I can't believe it, y'all. Five weeks into this, this social distancing thing that we're in. But we're, we're working through this series called Tomorrowland, in which Paul is writing to these strong followers of Christ who are strong in their faith, and yet they're living in uncertain times. And so he's trying to help them face a future without fear. And this is so applicable to us because we are living in uncertain times. And what Paul is doing in this letter is really encouraging these believers. And that's actually the, the, the title of our sermon this morning is, is encourage one another. Because what we see as we, as we kind of wrapped up this passage last week in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 the, the final verse of first Thessalonians four chapter uh, chapter four verse eighteen and this passage we're looking at today first Thessalonians five verses one to eleven the verses that kind of book in this passage both say these same words. In in four eighteen Paul says therefore encourage one another with these words and then therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And so we see this, this these book ends of of Paul saying encourage one another, encourage one another. And and, and these are the words, these are the things that we can use to encourage one another. And and I want to talk about encouraging one another today, Um, how to encourage one another. It's it's this idea of putting courage into one another. I mean, let me ask you this question. How many of y'all like to receive encouragement? How many of you like to be encouraged by others? I mean, I think all of us do, right? How many of you would say, well, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, I get enough encouragement. I'm encouraged just so much. I I get enough. I I mean, I I don't see a lot of hands going up out there because we can never get enough encouragement, right? We all need and desire to be encouraged because life can get super discouraging, right? Right. I mean, the reality is over the past week, since we last saw one another, since we last gathered, you've needed some encouragement along the way, right? Maybe just part of a day, a moment, maybe it's been a day or maybe it's been most of this week, you've been in a position and I've been in a position where we've needed encouragement. We need that because life, no matter how strong you think you are, Life has this way of, of of beating us up and beating us down, and we need others, and we need we need help. We need to, others to put courage into us, and we need to encourage ourselves often. And you know, it's really easy in this this day to uh, in this day and age to to offer shallow, empty encouragement. Uh, and, and, and 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 here's the thing. I, I think our presence and showing that we care for others—that is encouragement enough. You don't have to have necessarily the right words. But what I love here in this passage is that Paul gives us some really solid handles on biblical encouragement, not just um, not just uh, positive pep talk. Okay, it's one thing to be positive. It's one thing to say, um, you know, hey, you've got this. You're you're good, you know, to try to encourage people by giving positive pep talk. But at the end of the day, you and I are not good and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna fail, and we can't find lasting substantial hope and encouragement in and of ourselves through positive self-talk. We need substantial biblical encouragement. And so what Paul does is he gives that in this passage. And so what I'm hoping to do this morning is for, for us as followers of Christ, okay, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you believe that He is God come in the flesh to save us from our sins, as we celebrated last week that He died for our sins, He was buried, but then He rose again in victory over that sin. We've put our faith in Him as the Lord and Savior of our life, and you are in Christ. There is there is real, lasting, substantial encouragement that we can find, like we talked about last week, not just in the, the, the reality of his past resurrection, but in the promise of his future return. And so Paul, as he comes through 1 Thessalonians 4 and then in chapter 5, there's some things that we can grab hold of to encourage ourselves and to encourage one another so the context of this is Jesus is coming back he is returning again and in first Thessalonians chapter uh, 5 okay I remember coming off chapter 4 verse 18 he says therefore encourage one another with these words the fact that Jesus is coming again For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might also live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And so how do we encourage one another? How do we encourage ourselves right now or any time in this life? He's talking about some things. Let me remind you of some things that you know are true. I don't have to remind you, but let me remind you. All right. And there's three things that I want to remind us of today. First thing is this. Remind one another. Remind yourself of our eternity with Christ. So Paul, as he's talking about this, this coming again of the Lord, he, he refers to it in this specific phrase. He calls it the day of the Lord the day of the Lord. And one of the cool things, I remember this early on in my faith as I was starting to study the Bible, uh, I had a mentor, uh, you know, a teacher that, that, that told me, he said, hey, go into your a, a Bible program, whatever Bible software you, you want to pick and do a search. Okay, search. And I want you to search for the phrase day of the Lord or that day. And what happens is if you do this, you plug in those words, that day or just day or day of the Lord, what you're going to see all throughout Scripture is it's constantly the biblical writers, the authors, God Himself is always pointing us forward to the day of the Lord. He's always pointing us to the fact that Jesus is going to come and establish His kingdom the Old Testament saints, what they were looking for was this Messiah who was gonna come and be this military power and was gonna establish his kingdom on earth and, and, and upset all of the political rulers and he was gonna make his presence and his power and his reign known. And that's why when Jesus came the first time, he came in a totally different way than they expected. He came humble and he came as a, as a baby. And then he came as this humble servant leader who laid his life down. And so he came so, so much differently than they anticipated. But what they were looking forward to is still going to happen. He's going to come and he's going to rule and he's going to reign. And his kingdom is going to be on earth as it is in heaven. He's going to come, and this is referred to as the day of the Lord. And it's, it's specifically a day when he's going to come physically, but it's also referring to this period of time when he's going to come and establish his kingdom on earth. And it's what all of human history and all of our lives as followers of Jesus, it's what it's pointing to. It's when He's going to finally and fully establish justice. And when He's going to make every wrong right. And He's going to wipe away every single tear. And He's going to rule in peace and righteousness. And it's going to be an incredible thing. It's eternity. It is our happily ever after. And this is what Paul is encouraging them with. This is what he's pointing them towards. And he's, he's defining for us how it's going to happen in, in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. He says it's going to come. Let me, let me kind of give you the rundown. We started talking about this last week. It's going to come. He's going to come as a thief in the night. In other words, it's unexpected. It's, it's, it's when you're, you're not looking for it. You know, when does, when does a thief come? Not at noonday, right? Not in the middle of the day when the sun is shining and everyone's awake and alert. No, a thief comes in the middle of the night. When it's dark, when everyone is, you know, sacked out, not paying attention, when it's unexpected, when everyone is most vulnerable, that is when the thief comes. And Paul says Jesus is going to return like that he's gonna come when you least expect it when you're when you're not ready for it at an unknown time okay let me give you an april 2020 illustration it's not like those of us who uh who may be waiting for a stimulus check or a tax refund to come where you're paying attention you're expecting it you're looking out you're you're googling where's my refund right No, it's going to come when you're least expecting it. That is when he's going to come like a thief in the night. But the way that Paul describes this is, but if you belong to Jesus, if you've put your faith in Christ, this shouldn't surprise you. It shouldn't be unexpected. It shouldn't overtake you. It shouldn't scare you. No, why? It's because he's not coming to get you like a thief. He's not coming to harm you. But He is coming to get you. He is coming to take you to be with Him forever. And so it's a good thing. It's a hopeful thing. This is eternity we're talking about. Something that we, we know is coming and something that we can look forward to because it's a good thing. It is a glorious thing. And Paul says, remember your eternity with Christ, that it's coming You don't have to be surprised. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, Jesus Himself even, He spoke to the disciples multiple times about this. In Matthew 24, He says, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day our Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake, and he would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming like a thief in the night. So be ready. I'm coming, y'all. And it's going to be good. It's a hopeful thing. No matter what you're facing in this life, I am coming. You know, one of the phrases that I hear used a lot, especially even in church world with church leaders And I think it can be deceiving because most often we use this phrase when we refer to the here and now. And we say this phrase, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And here's the reality. I think when we use that phrase in terms of this life only, that phrase is shallow and empty and can ring hollow. Because listen, the reality is, and you know this. That that could be false hope because the best may not be yet to come in this life. You, things may not turn around for the better in, in this situation for you. I hate to be Debbie Downer, but it may get worse before it gets better. It may not get better for you or your family or your business or whatever it is. You may suffer more. You may experience more loss. You may experience death. It is going to be really painful. And so when we say the best is yet to come in this life, that may not be true. But the most powerful reminder that we can give one another is this thought of eternity that when it comes to forever, when it comes to eternal life, the best is yet to come. That is absolutely true and is encouraging more than anything else, that regardless of what life throws at us, no matter what we experience, no matter the suffering, the persecution, the affliction that we may experience in this life. There is something, there is a reality, a truth, a certainty on the other side of that. Man, that is better than anything else that this world could ever offer. It is eternity with Christ. The best is yet to come. And when we use that that phrase in those terms, man, it is the most encouraging thing that we could ever, ever look to. Jesus will wipe away every tear and he will make every wrong right. And we will get to be with him forever. Man, that is the hope that we have. It, this reminds me of, of a quote from Randy Alcorn, who wrote this amazing book called Heaven. I mean, it's a really thick um, book, but an incredible book about um, what's going to happen, what heaven is going to be like. And he says this, The best of life on earth is a glimpse of heaven. The worst of life is a glimpse of hell. For Christians, this present life is the closest they will come to hell. And for unbelievers, it is the closest they will come to heaven. Listen, y'all, as followers of Jesus... If if the best is yet to come, okay, quoting Joel Osteen, and I'm going anti-Joel Osteen here. If if our best life is now, man, we're in a world of hurt. We're in a world of trouble. As followers of Jesus, there is no possible way for our best life to be now. Our best life is coming, is coming later. <laughs> Our best life is yet to come when Jesus comes and takes us home. That is when our best life will happen. And so don't let anybody, any pastor, even sell you this lie that our best life is now. Our best life is yet to come in eternity when we are with Christ. Listen, he he came to give us full life now, but our best, fullest life is not coming until the roll is called up yonder. And so let me remind you of eternity with Christ. That is when the best is yet to come. That is what we can look forward to. That is where we can find hope, is the fact that the best that we experience in this life is only a glimpse into, it's only a foretaste of the glory that we have to look forward to, y'all. And So let me remind you of our eternity with Christ But then Paul also said, let's remind one another of our identity in Christ. Not just our eternity with Christ, but our identity in Christ. He says, you are not in darkness. You are no longer stuck wandering in darkness. You're no longer drunk in the night. You are children of light. You are children of the day. And I love that. I've never thought about this phrase necessarily before, but he says, you're children of the day. Now, remember that phrase he just used, we're waiting for, we're looking forward to, we're hopeful for the day of the Lord. And then he goes on to remind us of our identity. You're children of light, you're children of the day, you're children of the day, the day of the Lord, that day that is coming. That is our day, that's our day is coming, y'all. He says, you're children of the day. This is who you are. You're not, you're no longer in darkness. You're no longer stumbling and wandering around in the night. You are children of light. You are children of the day. And so act like it, walk like it, live like it. Let me remind you all, no matter how discouraged you may be right now, it may seem dark. It may seem like you're in the middle of the night. But that's not who you are. You are children of light. You are children of the day. You have hope. You have a certainty of hope that you belong to Christ, that He has made you brand new and that you belong to Him and that you are secure in Christ and nothing can separate separate you from the love of Christ. This is who you are. This is your identity. And this is what Paul brings us back to. He says, you are children of the light. You are children of the day. This is who you are in Christ. So live like it. Walk like it. Don't stumble around like you're living in the night. Live into who he has made you to be. And so he tells us what to do. He says, be awake, be sober, be ready, be hopeful, be expectant. Live for that coming day live for that. Don't mope around in the midst of your darkness and say, woe is me. Say, man, I have this hope. This is who I am. I am secure in Christ and no suffering, no affliction that I endure or experience can take me down because I am in Christ. This is who I am. This is who he has made me to be in Christ. So, Remind one another of our eternity with Christ. Remind one another of our identity in Christ. And then the third one is this. Remind one another of our destiny in Christ. Our destiny in Christ. You know, perhaps what's most unsettling about our current crisis that we are facing is that we don't know what's next. We don't know what's around the corner. Maybe for you, this is what causes fear and anxiety to, to rise up in you, is I don't know what's around the corner. You, you know, when I think about the state of the church and, and our church in particular, I wonder what is this gonna look like? When is this season gonna end? What's what it gonna look like on the other side of this? Are, are y'all coming back to church or not? I mean, what is this gonna look like? And there's questions and uncertainty that um, can bring anxiety. How many of you have ever heard of Space Mountain? You ever heard of that? It's a ride at Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom. Oddly enough, it's located in a section of the park called Tomorrowland. All right. Um, but Space Mountain is, is one of the best known rides and probably the most loved thrill ride at Walt Disney World. And it's an indoor roller coaster where the setting is in the dark. And what can be most thrilling and yet most, um, you know, fear producing in this ride is the fact that you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's next. You don't know where this ride is going to take you. And it's a lot like life. You know, it can be thrilling at times, but it can be downright frightening because you don't know where it's going. And and this reminds me, I mean, this is is really what, what we're talking about when it comes to this crisis we're in and life is, is we can be fearful if we don't know where we're headed towards. But Paul, he reminds us of our destiny in Christ. He says in, in verse number um, 9 and 10 of 1 Thessalonians 5, he's not destined us for wrath, but for salvation. Our, our, our destiny we're not destined for wrath to, to receive the punishment of our sin that's why that's why we celebrate Easter because mm-hmm. Jesus on Good Friday he took he took our our, our punishment, he took the wrath of God the punishment that we deserve because of our sinfulness against a holy God. He he absorbed that wrath for us. He is our substitute. And because of that, when we put our faith in Christ and we receive His righteousness in exchange for our sin, We are no longer children of wrath. Ephesians 2 talks about this. This is who you were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were by nature children of wrath. This was your destiny. But now that you are in Christ, now that you have put your faith in Jesus, He says you're not destined for wrath anymore. Your destiny is salvation. You are saved from the wrath of God. You are saved from... Eternity separated from God. You are saved from hell. This is your destiny now. It is salvation. And he goes on to say, not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. We're destined for salvation and it comes through Jesus Christ who died for us. It's not through our own self effort. It's not through our own good works. It's not through our own religious activity. No, it's through our Lord Jesus Christ, who did everything that was necessary to bring us salvation, who did everything that was necessary to help us escape wrath and to give us favor with God. This is our destiny. This is our destiny that we don't have to go through life feeling like we're riding on Space Mountain, like we don't know what's ahead of us or around the corner. We may not know in this life what is coming next. But in the big picture, in the big scheme of things, in the story of our lives and of eternity, we know what is coming. Our destiny is salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so that... Paul says, so that we will be with him. That is our destiny. That is what we we know is a certain for sure fact. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for your salvation, he says, this is your destiny. And nothing's changing that. No virus, no downturn in the economy, No loss of life is going to steal that from you. This is your destiny. It's through Christ. It's our salvation. In Ephesians 2, uh, later on in this passage, verses 11 through 13, Paul says, Therefore remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, okay, before you came to faith in Christ, verse 12, remember that, you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. This is who you were at that time. This is your former self, your former story. You were, you were separated. You were alienated. You were strangers. You were without hope. You were without God. This is who you were This is your BC before Christ story. But, verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is your story now. This is your destiny now. It's no longer wrath. It's salvation through Christ Jesus. But now you are brought near by the blood of Christ this is who you are and this is your destiny. It's salvation. It's salvation. John 3.36 Jesus said, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son or whoever does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God what remains on him. So if you have Believed in Christ, if you've put your f- trust in Christ to cleanse away your sins, to forgive you of your sin, if you have obeyed, if you have obeyed through faith, you have eternal life. That is your destiny. It is eternal life. It started the moment you put faith in Jesus and it will extend on into eternity. Eternal life, that is your destiny. But if you have not believed and obeyed Christ, the wrath of God remains on you. It remains on you. And so follower of Jesus, believer in Christ, we know what's ahead. We know what's ahead. We know what is coming. It is our happily ever after. It's like we're riding on Space Mountain, but they flip the lights on. We know what's around the corner. We know our destiny. It is salvation. It is eternity with Christ. It is security in our relationship with God because of Christ and what he has done, the person and work of Jesus. That is our identity. And so let me encourage you this morning. Let me remind you of the things that Give us lasting, substantial, biblical encouragement. Your eternity with Christ. The day of the Lord is coming. Jesus is coming for you. He's coming to get you, to take you, to be with Him forever. The best truly is yet to come. We have something to look forward to. Eternity awaits you Let me remind you of your eternity with Christ. And then let me remind you again of your identity in Christ, that this is who you are. You're a child of light. You're a child of the day. You're no longer in darkness. It may feel dark. It may feel shady. But you are a child of the day. You're a child of the day. This is who Christ has made you to be, your identity is determined. Your identity is determined, and it is secure. Let me remind you of your identity in Christ, and then let me also remind you of your destiny in Christ, your destiny in Christ, that Jesus has secured your salvation. There's no no wrath to come for you. Jesus has already absorbed that for you, for your sake. You are no longer a slave to fear. No longer. This is not your destiny anymore. You are a child of the King. You're a child of light. You're a child of the day. And your destiny is salvation, not wrath. We have an unshakable future. Your destiny is secure. And so let me remind you of these truths of your eternity to come, of your identity in Christ, and of your your destiny that is secure. Paul said, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words because, and here's the bottom line, nothing is more encouraging than being confident of our eternity with Christ and our identity in Christ and our destiny in Christ. Nothing could be more encouraging to us than for us to be able to be confident, to have confidence in our eternity, in our identity, in our destiny, in Christ. And so we we can be encouraged by these truths. We can remind ourselves and we can remind one another of these truths and be confident and be encouraged by these things. But maybe today that's not your story maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You've never confessed your sin. You've never surrendered your heart and your life to Christ. And so what would be true of you is that you are not in Christ. And the things that we've talked about today are not true for you. And so these words that are meant to encourage are probably not super encouraging to you today. But the most encouraging thing that I can share with you right now in this moment is the reality that these things that we've been talking about can be true for you too. They can be the reality for you. They can be... um, This can be your eternity. This can be your identity. This can be your destiny. If you think about your eternity, the reality is that Jesus is coming and His coming will for you that if, if you are not in Christ, without Christ, His coming will come like a thief in the night. And it will come as a shock and a surprise, and you will be unexpected, and you will be unprepared for His coming. In your identity, the reality is that spiritually, you are still stuck in darkness. And your destiny, man, I hate to tell you this, But I have to, the the truth is that without Christ, your destiny is wrath, that the wrath of God remains on you. That if you were to enter into eternity right now, without Christ, that you will enter into an eternity and into a destiny that, that is separation from God, eternally separated from God in eternal darkness in hell. But the good news of the gospel is this, that through Christ, you can be forgiven of your sin, that your eternity, you can receive eternal life in Christ, that you can have a new identity, that you can be made new because of what Christ has done for you and that your destiny can flip from wrath to now, salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the way that happens is this. You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that He has died for your sins, that He has been raised again for you. You believe in your heart that is true and that you confess it with your mouth. You would simply say to God in whatever words are are fitting for you, say, God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me. That you love me that you forgive me and so I, I, I put my faith in you jesus and i receive you as my lord and my savior and if you would just confess that to the lord that he would be faithful to save you and to redeem you and to rescue you from your sin and so i want to encourage you i want to invite you to do that this morning And so maybe you would make that decision this morning that you would commit your life to Christ. Would you let us know? We would love to be able to come alongside you and help you and encourage you in this faith that you have now found. Uh, Let me close this morning with this lyric from one of my favorite songs. We've sung it before. It's called, In Christ Alone. And it's the very last verse of, of this great old song. No guilt in life No fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. I love that truth and here's here is the reality this morning all is that you and i we can be confident we can be encouraged we can be hopeful of what is ahead if we're in christ because we know what's ahead we know what eternity holds we know what our identity is in christ and we know what our destiny is through our lord jesus christ that it's salvation we can be confident of these things we know what the end of the story looks like if we're in christ and so man can i remind you this morning of those truths can i encourage you and what christ has done for us father god thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us in christ lord would you encourage us would you build us up with these words this morning lord there is nothing that could offer us more encouragement. There's nothing that could put more courage into our souls. There is no, no truth, no, no thought that can um, strengthen or straighten up our spine more than to know that our identity um, is secure in Christ, that our, that our eternity awaits us, that our destiny is secure because what you have done and Lord, I pray for the one that might be listening this morning that maybe for the first time is, is, is putting faith in you. God, would you, or, or the one that maybe is resisting this morning or has questions, God, would you draw them to yourself? Would you bring them to a place where they would put their faith in Jesus and Him alone? And God, for those of us that have already expressed faith in you, would you encourage us today help us to be confident in the reality of our eternity and our identity and our our destiny in christ lord we thank you in jesus name we pray amen